You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Hi, welcome to Canine Master on Pet Life Radio. This is Chris Ontank, and today on the show we're going to talk about how to manage our dog's mouthing and chewing. You know, it's always at the top of the list for my clients. How do I stop my puppy from mouthing? So we have lots to discuss today, and we'll get right back to you after a word from our sponsors. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. Put on a perfectly possum pet party. Having an awesome birthday or adoption day celebration for your four-legged friend? Or just want a fun excuse to throw a fun party with your friends from the dog park? Deck out your party with Molly and Bandit Pet Party Accessories, party products designed specifically for pets. There are wearables, including adjustable pet party hats, bow ties, and tutus. The photoprop kits include funny glasses and hats. The party supplies and decorations include coordinating table covers, party banners, cake decorations, and treat bowls, cups, and bags. Everything you need to create great memories and Instagram-worthy photos. They're available in two colorful themes, Tropical and Fireman. It's a dog's life. Celebrate it with Molly and Bandit Pet Party at mollyandbanditpetparty.com slash petlife. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Hey, welcome back. So why do puppies mouth us? You know, there's a bunch of reasons why they mouth us. Puppies explore the world through their mouths. They they learn about the environment. They chew on things. They see if it tastes good and they see whether it feels good. They see the feedback that they get when they mouth something. It's completely normal for puppies to mouth just about anything. And that includes, unfortunately, all of us. Their teeth, unfortunately, are very, very sharp. This was those milk teeth. They're like needles clamping into your skin. And I will tell you, it is very painful. But the problem is the puppies don't know it hurts so much. But those little milk teeth are very, very sharp, and it hurts. So what I want to do is I want to explain to you guys why this period of mouthing can be a learning experience. And if we understand what they are doing, is it meant to be hurtful? It goes a long way. So a lot of clients mistake this early mouthing. They'll tell me, they'll go, oh my God, Chris, the dog's aggressive. And I'll say, no, this is not aggression. This is how the dog is exploring its world. And it's through this typical minor mouthing that a dog learns. And it can be painful, folks. I mean, let's be honest, but it is not, in most cases, aggression. That is not a common thing that we see. It's rare, actually. So here's what happens. The period between zero to 16 weeks is the most important period of a dog's life. You know, we've talked about this before on the show. This is what we call the puppy imprint time. And during this time, this short space of time, more than any other time in its life, he will learn the most. The things we do with this puppy could actually at first adversely affect how they view the world. If we do the wrong things, we can totally mess them up. And again, go back to some of my previous shows and I talk about the importance of puppy imprint. But what today we're talking about the mouthing component. So then what do we do? What puppy techniques can we use 
to control the puppy mouthing during this vital imprint time of zero to 16 weeks. First, we need to teach the dog something which people talk about. It's called bite inhibition. Bite inhibition sometimes also referred to as how the dog learns the power of its mouth, where dogs learn to moderate the strength of their bite. You know, they clamp down, they go, oh, I see, I, I shouldn't bite so hard. It's an important factor in socialization for all puppies to learn the power of its bite. So how do we teach bite inhibition? Well, first of all, it's pretty cool. If you let your puppy play with other puppies, the puppy's going to get feedback from those other puppies. So puppy playtime at like a doggy daycare center or a training center where the puppies get to play with each other in a sort of a supervised group. And when I say puppies get to play with each other, it's puppies of the right size, puppies of the right temperament. You don't want to put a big roughhousing dog with a small little timid puppy. So you better have somebody know how to determine which puppies your puppy should play with because the wrong puppy could really mess up this imprint time. But during this imprint time of puppy socialization, the puppy actually learns the power of its own mouth. And they learn this through feedback. So again, you want to do this between you know zero to 16 weeks. That's the best time for the puppy to learn. They're like little sponges. And each imprint is very important. They learn from socializing at this time more than any other time is what I was saying before. So if, if a puppy's too hard with her mouth with another puppy, the other puppy will yelp usually. And this teaches that the puppy that's biting too hard, that he better control his bite, that he's actually hurting. So a puppy that's mouthing another puppy, you'll hear them yelp. And it's okay for the puppy to yelp. We, we want the puppy to give that other puppy feedback. Now, if they're more insistent about their mouthing, like they start going crazy and they, they make unwanted advances towards another puppy and they start mouthing in a hard way, you might hear the other puppy start to growl or he might even snap or try to get aggressive towards that puppy. This is also great feedback. The puppy is telling them, hey, this is not okay with me. Back off, buster. So that's what the puppies are doing. Puppies at this age are so moldable and hungry to learn the rules of their own environment. So there's no better way to learn bite inhibition than in a puppy play supervised environment. So the good news is we also can use these instinctual laws of puppy play in our own families with your kids and with each other to teach our pups not to mouth us. Well, not to mouth us in a hard way that hurts. Do any of you have a puppy or an older dog in the house? Well, let me tell you, this is also a great way for the dog to get feedback. So if you have an older dog, maybe your older dog will teach your new puppy the boundaries that it's not okay to mouth them so hard. And usually this happens with a guttural tone or a snap, which teaches the puppy that this is totally unacceptable. You know, I always say if you have an older dog that can teach your puppy not to mouth them, then basically I bet you you can teach them not to mouth them too just from feedback. So the secret is we actually can us humans teach your puppy bite inhibition and to stop mouthing. So we are going to go through all the steps right after this break from our sponsors. And stay tuned to Canine Master on Pet Life Radio. We'll be right back. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. I love cleaning the litter box, said no one ever. Luckily, there's World's Best Cat Litter, the litter that promises less mess with less litter. Only World's Best Cat Litter uses the concentrated power of corn to quickly trap odors in tight clumps. And quick clumping means you never have to chisel or scrape the box. Less cleanup with less wasted litter? That's a litter bit amazing. Save $2 on World's Best Cat Litter. Visit www.saveonworldsbest.com. 
Let's Talk Pets. Let's Talk Pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Hey, welcome back. So how do we address puppy mouthing? Here are the steps. All right, so here's the do's. We'll do the do's first, and we're not going to do the don'ts. We'll do those in a little bit. All right, so here's the do's. If a puppy is mouthing you, the best thing you can do is give them verbal feedback. So I always say, go like, ow, ouch. And we must give the pup verbal feedback that their mouths is an unwelcome component as they're mouthing us. And we're giving them feedback, and that depends on the power of their mouth that the dog is applying. So if the puppy is mouthing you in a minor way, what we're going to do is we're just going to redirect that mouthing. But if the puppy bites hard, you want to say, ow, ouch. Now, the interesting thing is if you are your dog's leader, and we've talked about that on previous shows, things that make you into a leader is not being mean to your dog, but having your dog see you as dominant in the space, winning elevated areas, going first, all those things that we talk about in previous shows. Leadership must be going on here for the right relationship to manifest itself and for the puppy to learn. So you can yelp like a puppy would replicating the feedback from another dog, uh, letting your pup know that they've hurt you. And your dog, if he sees you in that way of being his leader, he's going to actually respond better than if you're just uh, a sibling. So again, giving that dog feedback is really good. The other thing we can do is we can redirect them toward another object. So if I have a puppy that's mouthing my arm, what I'll quickly do is grab like a tug toy or a, a ball or a squeaky toy, and I'll actually squeak the squeaky toy or the tug toy and encourage him to go on to that object. So this is what we call redirecting the puppy onto something else. Again, redirecting We ignore minor mouthing and we redirect it. But if it starts to hurt, we give feedback. So you see, it's really important to what you do to allow minor mouthing. And minor mouthing is really okay, but we just don't want to encourage it. So again, I would just redirect it onto an object. And if they're really hurting you, give that feedback. But puppies need to mouth. So so don't expect to stop it altogether. It's, It's just not realistic. You know, puppies will mouth. That's how they explore their world. But teaching them where it is acceptable and where it isn't is your job as your puppy's new companion. All right. Okay, the next thing you can do, a guttural tone. And again, a guttural tone given to your puppy, "Uh uh-uh, knock it off. doesn't matter what you say. You know, I always say peanut butter and jelly. It doesn't matter. It's the guttural tone. It doesn't matter the words that you're using. But a guttural tone is an instinctual warning to your pet. And basically, when you give it a, a guttural tone, what you're saying to your puppy is, hey, Knock that off. That hurt. And if you keep on going, I'm going to get aggressive. Now, what does that really mean? You're really not going to get aggressive, but it's an instinctual warning. Your pups don't know the word no or stop it. No. What does that mean? Blah, 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 blah. They don't know the word no. But if you combine the word no with a guttural tone, no, uh-uh, that actually starts to mean something. And then we can redirect them to a toy. And when we do redirect them to a toy, then what happens? We can give them praise. You know, we can say, oh, that's the right thing to do. All right. So let's say that the guttural tone's not working. The ouch feedback doesn't work to begin with. Then we, we progress to the guttural tone. So now what do we do? The puppy's still mouthing. And again, folks, you are going to get puppies. It's fun for them to mouth. It feels good on their teeth. And we'll talk about that in a moment. So a water bottle, a squirt water bottle. So when I say a squirt water bottle, 
Nothing in there but plain old water. I sometimes go down to Home Depot and get their plant mister bottles, turn the uh, the nozzle to its actual stream. So that's a squirt water bottle. And again, I've, I've said this in the past, put water only in, so that everybody knows not to put ammonia or a cleaner in there. Water only. Use the water bottle. Put it on a table or, or close by. But again, don't walk around with the water bottle in your hand because then the dog will only not mouth you with the water bottle in your hand. So what we do is we have to have a word, a marker, that means the water bottle is going to come. So we use the water bottle and we squirt the dog on the top of the head and near the ears and not in the face. I, I can tell you, you can try it in the face, but what will happen is your dog will start biting at the water and think it's a game, especially those Labrador retrievers. I've seen them or Portuguese water dogs. They just think that's the biggest fun thing going. So top of the head and the ears, squirt, 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 squirt is the punisher. But remember, the best time to correct them is when they are in the act, or even better, is when they're thinking about it. When a dog's in the midst of mouthing, you want to have a marker. And what I usually use as a marker, I'll say, enough, or no bite, or, or some, some appropriate word like that. I want to make sure it's the same word every time, so everybody in the family is going to know what word to use. So I, let's say I'm going to say the word enough. So I have the water bottle sitting on the, on the kitchen table. I'm in the kitchen, and the puppy starts to grab onto my leg, and he's biting hard. And I go, uh-uh, doesn't stop. Guttural tone, nothing's working. So now I might go, enough. Then I reach over, grab the squirt water bottle, go over to him, squirt him about six to eight squirts on top of the head and the ears. He's going to get doused, folks, but that's okay. Squirt, 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 squirt. And then I put the water bottle down. And when he stops, good boy. And then I redirect him onto something else. Again, give him a squeaky toy, something to chew, a tug toy, and it's okay to play tug with your puppy. Some people think, does that include encourage mouthing? As long as you focus on the object and you don't let it migrate onto your arm. So tug does not necessarily encourage mouthing. And again, some of the best agility dogs out there and search and rescue dogs get a nice tug at the end as a reinforcer. As long as you keep it on the toy and it doesn't uh, migrate onto your body parts. So the spray bottle with feedback really, really works. When they stop, again, when they're chewing something appropriate, oh, what a good boy chuckles. What a good boy you are. High-pitched praise tone. Oh, what a good boy. See, that's fun. And so what you're doing is you're shaping the behavior using tones. Uh-uh. You could use the enough in the squirt water bottle. And then when the dog is chewing on something appropriate and not mouthing on your skin and ripping into it, <laughs> you give a, a nice, oh, what a good boy. And you encourage that. Using your praise, the timing of that should be right on. In other words, you want to praise them when they're in the midst of doing it and not after they've stopped chewing on, on the appropriate toy. All right. So now let's say squirt bottle, water bottle does not work. Sometimes you get puppies going bananas at about, I don't know why, but it's about around five o'clock in the afternoon. A lot of times it's right after you fed them. They got all this pent up energy. You know, you're supposed to feed puppies three times a day. Sometimes they get what we call the puppy crazies, and that happens towards the end of the day. I don't know. It's almost like a sugar buzz, but you'll see, you know, what sugar buzz were kids, and you'll see these puppies start mouthing and biting and roof and roof and back and forth and going into play posture and all these things. And, and oh my God, it, the dog looks like he's getting crazy, and he starts biting you and stops and biting you, and you'll see him do this with, with kids and you as well. And when the puppy starts biting hard or gets out of control, like, oh my God, the squirt water bottle's not working, my guttural tone's not working, you know, I, at this point, I might use something which we call in behaviorism called negative reinforcement. We basically are going to take something away that the dog likes. Well, the dog is having a blast 
in that mode, in that sort of puppy crazy mode. He's he's biting you hard. And you could do this not even in the puppy crazy mode. It could be just when the puppy's really biting hard. So I want to be clear. It's not just to be used at that crazy time. It can be used anytime the puppy is biting so hard that you can't handle it. So what you're going to do is you're going to remove him from the situation and put him on a timeout, sort of like what we did with our with our little kids. We put him on timeouts. Not that I ever had a timeout when I was a little kid. I got the old, here comes the uh, the wooden spoon. But anyway, that's another whole story. All right, so here we got crate. We can use a crate as a timeout. We can use a laundry room as a timeout. Now, some people say, oh, don't use as a crate as a punishment. Listen, you're not using a crate as a punishment. You're putting the dog away from the environment that he wants to be in. You're giving him a timeout. When I put my kid on a timeout in his bedroom, he doesn't hate his bedroom after that. Okay, so don't worry about using the crate as a place to use timeout. And what I do is I use the crate and I'll put a blanket sometimes over it to make it dark. So he's literally no visual stimulation and he's alone. That's the consequence. But you have to do the following. You have to mark it when he's doing it. So I might go, this is how I generally do it. Dog starts mouthing. I'll go, that's it. And then I will take the puppy by the collar and I'll do what we call a verbal bridge. So a verbal bridge is like a verbal banter. I'll go, no, 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 no. As I guide him to the crate, I'll stick him in the crate, shut the door, put the blanket over the crate, and now he's all alone. So you know what happens is the dog ties in the behavior with the consequence because you have that verbal bridge or verbal banter to the crate. I'll leave him in the crate for like 10 to 15 minutes. When he's okay, I'll let him out. If he starts in again, I'll do it again. That's it. No, 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 no to the crate and shove him in there and that's it. And it works really well. So negative reinforcement using the verbal bridge is a great technique. And I would actually do that as the last resort. That's sort of like, okay, this isn't working. But you will find that that works really, really well for dogs that start to get more severe. So this is really important about the mouthing. You know, when I was growing up, if a dog put its mouth on any person, we would correct him. And sometimes we'd do a little snap on his nose. I watched my grandmother do that, a um, little smack. And you know what happens is, is that the dogs wouldn't put their mouths on anybody. But when they started to play with kids or in the neighborhood, when they did this mouthing, they didn't know the power of their mouth. So this teaching this bite inhibition actually is much safer than teaching the dog never put its mouth on anybody because the dog will not know the power of its mouth. And you want your puppy to know the power of its mouth, okay? So if they don't know the power of its mouth, this is where dogs do, might do a mouthing and they actually bite hard and break skin. And this can be dangerous. So this is my, my list of what you should do. Now let's go on to my list of what you should not do. All right. Some people say to me, Chris, you know, I got this bitter apple. You know, bitter apple was made by a company called Granix out of Greenwich, Connecticut, here in Fairfield County in, in near New York City. And Granix came up with this apple spray that we put on objects or clothing so that the dog would grab this bitter apple and he'd have a negative experience. The problem is I see that this bitter apple spray does generally does not work. They have a spray and I think they also have a cream. The problem is, is that some dogs actually like it. <laughs> I've seen it. I've seen it. So if you really wanted to make it work, I'm going to tell you a, a technique that I'm, I'm actually apprehensive about telling you this technique. All right. I'm going to tell you, but I, I don't recommend it. But just in case you're using the bitter apple and you think oh, this isn't working, here's a technique. But I, I caution you to use this technique. 
if you really want to know the best way, is that you have to have a miserable imprint of the bitter apple. So what we do is we take the dog, we open up his mouth, and we go squirt, squirt, a couple of squirts in the mouth, and he will just be like, yeah, he'll have this sour face, and he will hate that taste. And then the next time he goes near and he just tastes that bitter apple on anything, he will he'll be like, oh, that was that terrible taste. He had a negative imprint. He'll hate it, and he won't want to do it. That works. But you know the thing about bitter apple is if your dog is chewing a lot of stuff and a lot of things and furniture and things, what I would do is is get him more appropriate toys and bones and kongs and things to chew and guide him towards those things and supervise him and use your verbal corrections, guttural tones when he's on something he shouldn't be chewing, um, especially your, your own hands and body. Here's another don't. So many people think – that grabbing the dog by the snout and squeezing is going to make the dog stop biting. It actually has the opposite effect. There's something in a puppy or all dogs that is called opposition reflex. And a lot of people have it. A lot of animals have it. You push against a horse, the horse pushes back against you. You squeeze a dog's mouth shut. When you let go, he reopens the mouth and reclamps on. That's a natural opposition reflex. So the minute you let go, that dog's going to rebite you. So that doesn't work by holding the mouth of the dog shut. Another don't is don't pull your hand away and create a tug of war effect when the dog is mouthing you. Try to be calm and try to redirect him. This only gives him that tug of war game when you're pulling away and he starts to like it. A dog should remove its mouth from you, not the other way around. You should not be pulling it out. Try to be still. Teach your children to be still when their dog and not to scream and yell. That's another thing we could talk about. Another don't is, and this is probably the most dangerous of it all, I've seen people do this, and I actually have a veterinarian here in Fairfield County that keeps me in business with aggression cases. What he does is he teaches his veterinarian puppy clients to take the puppy and to roll him on his back and hold him down. It's something called the alpha roll. Joe Bevins, the Monks of New Skeet, actually came up with this technique uh, in his first book, The Monks of New Skeet, but he actually reversed it years later before he passed away. This is a really bad thing to do. Holding a dog on his back and holding him down makes the dog defensive, makes a dog not trust you, and makes the dog start to think that you're trying to kill him. So there's not a dog in the world that walks up to another dog and rolls him on the back. The dog that rolled on his back did so voluntarily. All right. So that alpha roll that you read in that old that old issue of Monks and New Skeet, throw that book away, get the new one if you have to. But the alpha roll is just a wrong thing to do. All right. Here's another don't. Don't roughhouse with your dog. I know it's so much fun. If you're going to roughhouse, roughhouse with a tug toy or a ball or a squeaky toy. But, you know, the people that take their hands, and unfortunately, us guys are probably the worst ones at this. I I see this all the time. We start slapping the dog in the face with our hands to get him to try to mouth us. This is just the wrong thing to be doing. It encourages mouthing. It encourages dogs to start mouthing and using their mouth on you. So don't do that. Because it might be fun for you, but now the dog starts to think that he could do this with everybody, and it really backfires. I can't tell you how many times this causes severe issues later on. So don't roughhouse. And girls, if your boyfriend or your husband's doing this with a dog, tell him that canine master says, knock it off. All right, because it's not a good idea. All right. And here's the last absolutely don't ever, 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 ever smack or hit your dog. Don't swat him with a newspaper. Oh my gosh, that's a terrible, hitting your dog makes your dog defensive and hitting your dog always, always makes your dog not trust you and you know what? It will backfire on you big time. I can't tell you how many times in my career that I've seen a person hit a dog and the dog actually goes right after them later on. 
So don't hit your dog. Okay. This has all been applicable to a puppy. And, you know, mouthing, I would say, goes up to six months where they're mouthing and they're learning. But many of you have that adolescent pup, pup sort of like six months to a year, that, that obnoxious teenager time. And a lot of you will say, well, you know, what can I do about this? Well, the adolescent dog becomes a mouther because he's, he's about six months old. And at six months old, his teeth, his permanent teeth are now coming in. They're in, but they're also the pulp which is on the inside, it's, that, it's the meaty part of the tooth, is actually getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And as the, what we call the enamel is actually closing in. And as it starts to close in and that pulp becomes a little sliver, what you're going to find is, is that the dogs will start chewing up things. It's almost like babies teething. They, they got to chew on something. So they'll start ripping holes in your walls and ripping up the sofa and destroying your cabinetry and your molding. And, you know, this is the primary reason is because the dog's enamel is growing in and that pulp is getting smaller. So what you need to do in this situation, you guys, is that you need to get the dog entertained. So what I would tell you to do is this, is go get a Kong, a tug toy, a chew toy from your friendly pet store. Ask them what they have as far as toys that entertain them, toys that put dogs on variable schedule, those cubes that when the dog rolls it, they come out, a cold washcloth. Take a washcloth or, or a dog toy, soak it in water, stick that in the freezer. That sometimes really helps dogs that are mouthing. Now, if a kids are running around and they're screaming and yelling and the dog is chasing them, here's another thing. A lot of times, dogs will run after them and mouth them, but that's not the kind of mouthing I'm just talking about here. The mouthing I was talking about here is just sort of like their mouth is hurting them and they start to get destructive. But again, if you have kids that are screaming and yelling in your backyard, your kids are becoming that chew toy. So basically, that's not a great idea to encourage as well. A good idea here is to make your own game and redirect the fun that they're having biting the kids onto an object. Squeaky balls, tug toys, start and end that behavior. Use that negative reinforcement there as well. So if I'm outside and the dog starts getting crazy and starts mouthing me and back and playing play bow, I might go, that's it, and walk inside and shut the door. And all the dog went, hey, that's no fun. As soon as I started to get crazy, the game ended. Again, that's negative reinforcement, and that works really well. A water bottle works well uh, with the last uh, adolescent dogs as well, and the same technique. Enough. Grab the squirt water bottle. Six to eight squirts, top of the head and ears, and the dog's not going to like that. There's another time when dogs will use their mouth. It's when you come home. Have you ever seen that dog when you walk in the door after work and the dog puts his mouth on you or puts his mouth on your friend? Well, what this dog is doing is this dog is is actually showing the power of him and his mouth on you and on your friend. That is not a good thing, and you may want to get some help with the canine behaviors for that. Basically, that dog has has a relationship on with you that you are its puppy. So you want to change the way the dog sees you and be more of his leader, his guider, whatever you want to call it. There's another thing that you can see dogs do, and I see this a lot, is dogs do what we call the corn on the cob. It's almost like they go on your skin. The teeth are barely missing, and it's like they're going up and down. That's corn on the cob, and it feels you can feel the dog's teeth, but not necessarily the pressure. And this type of mouthing is definitely a behavioral issue. This dog is showing his power on you and is not something you want to encourage. This is not typical mouthing. And again, you would probably benefit from sessions with a behaviorist of some sort or a dog trainer. 
Anything else would just be a Band-Aid, and I could not, it could probably make uh, matters worse. So get yourself some help if your dog is doing that kind of mouthing. Okay, we're going to get some of your questions right now, and uh, we're going to take a quick break and hear a little word from our sponsors. And we'll be right back. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back. Right after we kibble a little with our sponsors. Hi, I'm Dana Humphrey, the founder of Whitegate PR. We have been specializing in PR and marketing in the pet industry for over 10 years. If you have a pet product or service you would like to promote, give us a call. We can help create awareness for your brand on TV, radio, magazines, newspapers, and blogs. Feel free to reach me directly at 619-414-9307 or learn more on our website at whitegatepr.com or follow us on Facebook. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Okay, welcome back. All right, Jamie. So I guess we have some questions from our from our listeners. Okay, first one is Alan from New York. Hi, Chris. We just got a new puppy, Springer Spaniel. He's three months, and the kids are now afraid of him because his mouthing is so out of control. His teeth are so sharp, and he's constantly mouthing them. What I hoped would be a great experience for the kids is turning out to be very traumatic. Any advice on how to get through this period and how long it will last? All right. You know, Alan, this is something I hear all the time. We get a puppy. The puppy starts. He seems really calm that first day when he's eight weeks old, and then all of a sudden, all hell breaks loose, and the puppy starts biting your kids. Your kids start to become scared because it hurts. Those milk teeth are chomping in. They start to scream and yell and the puppy starts getting more excited and he starts to mouth them even more. So this is actually a really tough thing. Here's what I'm going to tell you. When you have a puppy that's doing this, that negative reinforcement or the squirt water bottle may be a good technique, but we also got to train our kids. If they scream and yell, they're actually, and run away, they're actually encouraging this kind of behavior. So they need to be quiet if they can. They need to stay still. They need to say, hey, mom, dad, Chompers is chopping me. (laughs) Chompers. Anyway, so whatever the dog's name is, Chompers is chopping me and it's hurting. And you need to remove the dog from that experience and again, redirect him onto something else. I will tell you this period will pass. I would make sure that the puppy at this stage is only around your kids, your small kids, when you are home and supervised. The worst thing that can happen is that this happens when you're not home and you're not watching. So it's a period that happens, I would say, it starts to stop at around six months, thereabouts, and and it will subside. And if your kids can can be mature enough and you can sort of say, hey, listen, you guys, put on long pants, don't have the shirt, the short sleeves. And, and what happens is, is that the dog, that will protect them a little bit. Don't scream and yell. Don't freak out. Try to be calm and redirect them onto an object. That's what I would tell you to do. And in the meantime, make sure that you as the adult are around your children when they're around the puppy. Okay, next. Lisa from Rhode Island. Hi, Chris. We just rescued a lab mix puppy from a local shelter and we are in love with her. However, we were not prepared for the amount of mouthing and biting and want to have the right things for her to chew on. What are some of the best and safest toys for her to chew on that will occupy her for a long time? What toys are best now and as she gets older? There's so much to choose from. Yeah, there are. And so going down to your favorite pet store and talking to the people there and seeing there's a lot of great toys out there. One of the best ones is, of course, is you know Kong makes a lot of great 
great toys out there. There's the Kong, the rubber Kong, and you can get it. The black, I think, is the hardest, the toughest. But depending on your breed, you can get different sizes. And what I do is I will take I'll take some cheese, cheese whiz, or I'll take some peanut butter. I'll mix it in with their kibble. I'll stick it in the freezer, and I'll freeze it overnight. And then I'll let the puppies sort of work on that. That's a great, great occupier of chewing and mouthing, and the puppy will be redirected on that. You can also get some Nyla bones, which are good. There's these new smart bones that I hear are very good. There's also sort of squeaky toys, but those tend to be chewed up pretty quickly, but there's tougher ones and, and more durable ones. There's a toy that I was involved with years ago called the Wubba Wubba. I was involved in developing that, and that's actually distributed by Kong. That's a great durable toy. And you know, with all toys, I want to be really clear. Make sure you supervise your dog around any chew toy because just because they're a dog chew toy doesn't mean that your dog can't ingest them. And when puppies ingest small pieces of fabric, it goes into their intestines and bad things can happen, emergency surgeries and things like that. So anything you're going to give your dog, make sure you're, you're supervising them during that time, especially puppies that tend to ingest things. So those are great great things. Another one you could do, as I, I mentioned it earlier in the show, is you can take a washcloth or a fabric toy. You can soak it in water and stick it in the freezer, and that's actually really good. It softens up as they chew it, and that works really well. So these are the kinds of things you can do, and they work really well. As far as live dog bone, you know, dog bones from live animals, you know, I would be cautious of those. They, A, dogs can have uh, bad responses. Something about animal carcasses can make some dogs get a little crazy. It can sort of turn on their instinctual possessiveness. And I have seen dogs actually seem to become a little bit aggressive and object guard over those issues. So I would stay away from those things. And I would try to use the chew toys that I just mentioned. Jamie just asked me, what about bully six and ride? And again, pig's ears, bully six and ride. Under supervision, yes. If your dog starts to get possessive of those things, I wouldn't use them because some dogs will start to get possessive and they can get it. And it brings out those aggressive instincts to possess. So under supervision, fine. But really make sure, again, that the parts don't get really small because they can swallow those things and they can get lodged in their intestines as well. And unless you have a great relationship with a veterinarian, those $3,000 operations of removing part of the intestine is a killer. So I wouldn't do those. All right. Okay, last question. Robert from Virginia. Hi, Chris. Can you give me some insight on how to tell the difference from typical puppy mouthing and something more serious like aggressive mouthing? My puppy's five months and very mouthy and will bite my pant leg with a couple of grumbling noises, and I don't know if I should be worried or if it's just typical play. Ah, so here's the thing, Robert. A lot of puppies, when they grab onto your pant leg, you'll hear this, ar, ar, ar. and a lot of people go, oh my God, he's growling. Well, this is not aggression. This is tug of war, and the puppy's trying to make himself look bigger and be bigger. And a lot of times, puppies that growl are actually just insecure, okay? You know, in the sport of Schutzen, when we play tug of war, we're testing a puppy for police work. A puppy that growls during the tug test, and we usually test them at about 42 to 50 days, a puppy that growls, generally that's a puppy that's insecure and not good for protection work. So a puppy that's growling is just being a little bit insecure. He doesn't mean that he's aggressive. I want to be very clear. Now, if a puppy is growling at you, not playing tug of war, but just starts growling at you over an object or you pick him up and he turns quickly to bite you, you'll know the difference. It's very obvious. It's a sudden snap. That's a bearing of the teeth. It may be accompanied with a, a growl or a, a sort of a belly growl. And a lot of times I have a puppy now that I'm working with with a client. When the puppy is picked up, if he's picked up, he's startled. He'll, he'll react and go to bite. 
that's different than the mouthing that we're talking about. So that's why I'm seeing that puppy. So what I would tell you is, is that a mouthing puppy, you'll know he's playing, he's having fun. He's, he's going to play posture. He's maybe wagging his tail and his, his ears are back and he's not looking like he's scared. A puppy that is, is snapping and it's a fast snap. A puppy that is burying his teeth. Those are puppies that we want to get checked out by a behavior surrogate or a dog trainer with a lot of experience with puppies and reading dogs. So here's the thing. If you really don't know what you're looking at, it's better to get an opinion and spend a little bit of money on a private lesson and get an evaluation than to say, oh, well, he's just – and don't come up with an excuse for aggression because the best time to fix puppy aggression is during imprint time. So if there is anything like that, that's the best time between about five to 16 weeks. That's the time to fix it. So if you have any doubts, go find yourself a canine behaviorist or a dog trainer that has a lot of experience and say, what am I seeing here? Is this aggression or not? And if it is aggression, it doesn't mean it can't be fixed. It just means that you got to deal with it with the right team around you. Okay. Well, that's it for today. And I really hope that you found our show on mouthing to be interesting. And I would love to know your comments and, and for you also to join our conversation, visit us at caninemaster.com. That's C-A-N-I-N-E master.com. And let me know how it's going with your puppy and how the mouthing's going. And if you have any questions on mouthing, send me your videos and, and photos so I can see what's going on and, with your dog. And I'll help you solve the problems if I can. So goodbye for now and see you next time on Canine Master Radio on Pet Life Radio, where I will continue to help you master the relationship with your dog. Bye for now. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.